0: Everyone, and welcome to Literary Demerit, a podcast where we take a look at works of questionable literary merit. I'm Siobhan. And I'm Kester. I can't believe it. We're finally yeah. almost done uh, <laughs> yeah. with, with Dirty Laundry. Um, it's
1: kind of surreal.
0: Yeah. We are... This is our last episode uh, covering d- Dirty Laundry. We are going to do a wrap-up episode afterwards with... Uh, like, I guess, looking at the quote-unquote reviews, um, which are just basically all the comments, uh, and we're going to do that next episode, but this time we're actually finishing the actual fic.
1: Well, I believe we also have a lot of, uh, like, rewrite brain ideas we want to yes. talk about. Yes. Yes. Um, so, we are going to have to do a wrap-up episode, but this is uh, the final episode of our coverage of Dirty Laundry itself.
0: Yes. Uh, In case you're just tuning in, um we are covering <laughs> do <Don't>. dirty- <laughs> turn back while <please. laughs>
1: you still can
0: <laughs> uh we are covering dirty laundry by gibbs life a uh dirty laundry is a notorious clance fic that's keith and lance from voltron legendary defender um and it is extremely popular and extremely controversial And it's controversial for a lot of reasons, such as the, uh, accusations of racism and ableism, um, misogyny, which, you know, I do believe that, uh, those are more or less justified. Um, but what we're talking about mainly on the podcast is that the thing is just plain bad.
1: I think it's just, like, bad on every conceivable level. I'm struggling to think of anything I can give dirty laundry a a compliment for, and- like, really, the only thing I can think of is, well, the author was 17 and uh, wrote, like, 80,000 words. Uh, so that's a bit of an achievement. <laughs> They're all bad, but that's a lot of writing. Like, she probably got pretty good at typing from that.
0: Mm, yeah, I guess so.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm trying to find anything positive to pull out of this one. Um, It's just dire. It's abysmal.
0: Yeah. Uh, Do you want to give us a summary of the final part of Dirty Laundry? The final part of the final part of Dirty Laundry.
1: The final part of the final part of Dirty Laundry. Um, So we left off right when um, Rosa was sending Lance in to talk to Keith. So Keith's still mad and doesn't want to talk to Lance. So when Lance sits down across from him, the first thing Keith tells him is that he hates him. Lance says, yeah, he knows, but asks if he can explain himself. He gives his apology, which is verbatim. I'm sorry, and I want you to know that I'm a dick. Keith's understandably unimpressed with this. He asks Lance to elaborate on why he's sorry, and Lance doesn't respond. Fed up, Keith stands up and begins to walk away, but stops when he hears music playing. Lance has put on Baby Come Back by Player, and has begun dancing to it while singing along off-key. Keith is too charmed by this to stay mad at him, and when Lance asks for forgiveness, Keith says yes. Lance proceeds to kneel in front of Keith and produce Keith's letter from his pocket. He's folded it up, and when Keith unfolds it, he sees that Lance has checked yes to the will you go on a date with me question at the bottom of the letter. Lance also asks Keith aloud if Keith will go on a date with him. Keith accepts. Lance and Keith hug, and Lance continues repeating that he's sorry and asking if Keith forgives him. Keith says yes, and Lance asks if this means they can kiss. It does. They kiss. We cut to the final scene of the story. It's mid afternoon on Christmas Day. Keith and Lance are cuddling on the couch. Most of the household is napping, which figures because they haven't slept in over 24 hours. It seems like the family got to have a nice Christmas after all. They just opened presents together in the morning and then went to Mass, which Lance is complaining about as the scene opens. Keith suggests that Lance just not go to Mass anymore, and Lance suggests that the two of them make out, so they do. Things start to heat up. Keith begins unbuttoning Lance's shirt while telling him how hot he is, and it actually looks like they might be about to have sex, but then Lance pulls away and insists that Keith repeat what he said about him being hot. This totally ruins the mood for Keith, who refuses to repeat himself. He rolls off the couch and onto the floor, ignoring Lance, who's pouting and clearly disappointed that they don't get to continue. After ignoring Lance for a bit, Keith sneaks a glance in his direction and sees that Lance is observing him with a strange look on his face, one that I think is supposed to be adoration from the description. Lance suddenly gets up and puts on the playlist Keith made for him. Keith protests that he isn't going to dance to the cringy mixtape he made, but Lance insists that he has to. They start slow dancing to Stand By Me, and Keith reflects on all that's happened during their trip. He worries that if he blinks, it'll all disappear, and he doesn't want to go back to college. He wants to stay here, where he feels like he has a home and people who love him. Keith resolves to never let the Sanchez family go. And that's the end. That's the note it ends on. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but that's really the note it ends on.
0: (laughs) So, apparently we're not the only ones who think that the ending sucked. Um, Oh, that's, that's good news. Because I was looking up some comments that I found on, um like, some, some Tumblr blogs that talked about Dirty Laundry around this time. And uh-huh. everyone, I guess not everyone, but a lot of people were, were kind of disappointed. Like, they expected more. And it seems like they uh wanted to blame this on the hate that the fic got.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, because, um... I mean, we've talked about this, but Dirty Laundry had, like, a very regular upload schedule for a while. And then when, um... The author started receiving criticism. She posted like, I'm just gonna post the entire rest of the story in one go because this is getting too stressful and it's not fun, or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I guess there were people claiming that uh, because the author was criticized, the story ended up being bad.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. Um the author didn't I, I think you have cause
1: and effect the, reversed there. <laughs> the
0: the author didn't have a plan. Um they didn't have some like uh cool ending to the story that they thought of and was, like, going to happen before the evil critics who um, thought that the fic was, was racist and ableist, like, no, I- I'm sorry, but the author didn't have a plan. The author didn't know how to write. Um, and that's why the fic sucks.
1: If there was any plan for this that the author didn't get to follow through on, I think, um... I mean, I'm just speculating here, but I think this author wanted to write a sex scene and chickened out.
0: Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I'm glad they didn't, because... (laughs) I'm
1: very glad they didn't. I don't Um, think it'd be very good. No, it wouldn't. Um, and I think they probably realized that they would get even more criticism if they did that. Yeah. But then people who liked the story probably felt she did that there wasn't a sex scene. Especially, like, um, well get to this part but uh they do come very close seemingly to having sex in the final scene of the story so
0: yeah and uh not that this is i, I mean i'm really glad they didn't because it's <laughs> yeah just not appropriate for a 17 year old to be writing a sex scene uh for um an audience that not only consists of minors but also consists of adults as well like i think we're going into very like dodgy territory there
1: um uh i mean it's it's uh well, it's, it's like, uh, something that happens a lot in fandom spaces, I'll say. Yeah. Um, a lot of fan fiction is written by 17-year-olds, and a lot of it is explicit. I think the problem is more, like, the social dynamics in fandom spaces, but that's like a, that's like a different conversation, you know, people not being, um, cognizant that they're interacting with minors and, you know, vice versa. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, do you want to actually dive into the fic?
1: Yeah. Okay, so let's back up, uh, start with Lance entering the McDonald's and sitting down at the booth to talk to Keith. Keith, like, deliberately avoids looking at Lance initially.
0: This is how I acted in high school when I was in trouble. Um, this is not like 20 year old behavior I feel like but I mean which one of
1: them Keith or Lance (laughs) I mean neither of them are demonstrating 20 year old behavior uh, but Uh,
0: let me read it a a jingle Mm -hmm. of the door opening sounded to Keith's left though he refused to look up footsteps moved from the door shifting closer and closer Keith clenched his hands around the milkshake suddenly very interested in the the diner table it's not a diner it's a restaurant it's a fast food restaurant a diner is a different thing
1: it's a McDonald's.
0: Yeah, um, and the stains that decorated it. The figure sat in front of him, legs stretched out beneath the table. They bumped against Keith's knees, though he refused to look up. Sorry, the figure muttered. Long legs. 37 comments on that line. Yeah. <laughs> I guess people liked that.
1: Um, this is more just like, I don't buy this for 20-year-olds, I would buy this for high schoolers.
0: Yeah. I mean, um. this entire, like, the way this entire uh, conversation plays out is very teenager-ish. Um, yes. But I guess we should start from, like, the beginning. Uh, we got a double whammy here. Um, uh-huh. Keith Keith couldn't help it. He snuck a peek. It was Lance, though that much was obvious. So we have not <laughs> only semicolon abuse, but we have um, the word obvious as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's, it's used... Uh, correctly and Keith couldn't help but semicolon he snuck a peek and then it's not used correctly and it was Lance semicolon though that much was obvious
1: we also we already knew it was Lance because Rosa said I'm sending in Lance yeah um so this is another ace detective Keith moment I can't believe um. it was Lance <laughs> imagine if it wasn't Lance. <laughs> I'm just imagining the scene. Where it's just like a random guy walks in and sits down at the booth, and Keith like doesn't look up, and he goes into this like I hate you speech. And it's just some some other random dude.
0: He looked tired, eyes heavy and drooping, with a windbreaker wrapped around his body. He looked cold, shivering despite the heater above them. <laughs> he he's 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 being a very good detective. He's able to deduce that um Lance is cold, uh because he has a windbreaker wrapped around his body and he uh is shivering.
1: Yeah, although I don't know if I don't know if he's cold or if he's nervous cuz presumably it's not cold in the restaurant. Um but then Keith says he hates Lance. Um and Lance says he knows. Um and then um just in just in case you didn't get it, we get this uh, paragraph. Keith didn't hate Lance. He may have wanted to hate Lance. He may have wished he could, except he didn't and that was the reality. He didn't hate Lance and those three little words, I hate you. What Keith really meant was the complete opposite. He was defeated, completely lost in Lance's tired eyes, the dirt smudged under his jaw, the frantic pile of hair on his head. It was like bedhead, but worse, a product of the car ride over. It was evident how petrified Lance was. His knuckles were turning white from their grip on the table's edge. There were a thousand things he wanted to say, needed to say, and here they were. Nothing was being said. This is all completely unnecessary. Yeah. We already know how Keith feels about Lance, but I think just the the fact that it's being brought up in this moment, it makes me not believe it because I would believe in this moment that Keith hates Lance. Lance was just a tremendous asshole to him for no reason. Um,
0: Why does Lance have dirt smudged under his jaw?
1: Yeah, when did that happen?
0: When did that happen?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah how do how do you get dirt on his face? Was he like uh, dicking around in the dirt looking for <laughs> Keith? <laughs> Like I, I checked everywhere. I, I went back to that that lake that we fell in. <laughs> I I checked under those bushes I was jumping out of.
0: Remember that. Remember the time where uh you punched me in the face and uh I attacked you.
1: Good times. Good um, times.
0: They're they're really good for each other. This is a they're great relationship. For each other.
1: This is this is a really good relationship. I'm so glad that it's, it's going to resolve now and they're going to get together. Um and then uh, Keith asks Lance why he's here, and Lance says, I want to explain myself, but I hope I hope you'll at least listen. And Keith's narration says that he doesn't want to listen. Um, he doesn't want to hear excuses. Uh, no excuses, no justifications, no reason for the things Lance had done. He wanted an apology, a genuine, sincere one. Um, keep that in mind. Keith never gets that apology. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is that is what he wants. He doesn't want Lance to... Explain. He just wants Lance to say that he's sorry. Yeah. And setting everything aside about like, I don't think these two should get together. I think they're bad for each other. Um, I think they're basically already divorced. I think Lance was way too much of an asshole in the last scene for there to be any realistic chance of them dating now. But if we set that aside and if we just consider Keith's feelings, okay, he really likes Lance, but he's hurt by something Lance did. And he doesn't need a big explanation about it because he does love this guy, But he does want an apology. Mm -hmm. And he never gets it. Um, But here, um, I I quoted this in my summary, but this is is how Lance begins his explanation. He says, First of all, Lance began, obviously hesitant. I'm sorry, and I want you to know that I'm a dick. Keith snorted, and it was out of spite. I don't need you to tell me what I already know. A scowl darkened Lance's chin. Why is it there? That's this, is, chin.
0: this keeps happening. Like, <laughs> this um, keeps happening, yeah. Emotions are on people's chins or or their cheeks, like, not their their <laughs> mouth or their eyes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, at scowl, darken Lance's chin. Obviously. I'm just pointing out that I acknowledge it. I'm a dick and I'm showing to you that I agree. So you acknowledge that you're a dick and this is your way of admitting it? Yes. This is your apology? Yes. Keith closed his eyes and banged the back of his head against the booth, feeling the sharp sting of impact brush his skull. This apology was everything Keith didn't want. He wanted Lance to be on his knees. He wanted Lance crying. He wanted Lance to be really, truly, entirely regretful. Okay. Keith deserved that much. (laughs) Okay, so, like.
0: (laughs) This is, okay, that's weird, too. (laughs) Yes. That's weird, too. Okay,
1: yeah, um, because what Lance gives is, of course, it's not an apology. Uh, he says, I'm sorry, but he doesn't demonstrate that he understands what he did wrong how he hurt lance he doesn't um express any commitment to change he just says i want you to know that i'm a dick which is more of a justification than an apology like yeah i'm just an asshole you have to deal with it
0: here Um. here 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 it's very Mm -hmm. easy heath i'm so sorry i didn't mean those things i said i was angry and i was lashing out what i said it doesn't reflect how i feel at all Could you ever forgive me? What can I do to make it up to you? There.
1: Yes, because uh, Lance says that he, he wants to explain himself. And I think the way of explaining himself in this situation would be like, I'm sorry, I was really upset. And when you tried to calm me down, I lashed out at you. And that wasn't fair. And I didn't mean the things that I said. I was just too angry to think straight. And, you know, like... That's the explanation.
0: Like, at at this point, Keith might very well think that Lance means it.
1: Yeah, because Lance doesn't say, I didn't mean it.
0: Yeah, the first thing Lance should be saying was, like, I didn't mean it.
1: Right, or he at the very least should say, like, I'm sorry, I do care about you. Because that's what he said. He said, I don't care about you. Yeah,
0: none of that. This is, I believe this is if they were 12 years old instead of 20. (laughs) This is not a healthy relationship. These people are clearly not um, mature enough to uh, be in a serious relationship like this.
1: Yes. They're Um, children. And I almost had like a tiny bit of hope for the scene when um, Keith obviously does not accept this apology. When they have that exchange where Keith says, so you acknowledge that you're a dick and this is your way of admitting it. This is your apology and then he's he's frustrated cuz this is not what he wants but then his narration tells us what he does want and he apparently wanted lance to be like crying and begging on his knees <laughs> <laughs> um which is like that reads like keith is still he's angry he's he's not over it he wants lance to feel as bad as he made keith feel
0: this is so incredibly strange because yeah it- the way- the way- not only is Lance's apology, uh, which is not really an apology. Yeah, it's it's no, not an apology. Not- not only is it awful, but he gets annoyed when- when Heath doesn't accept it. He, like, starts, like, going- uh, being sarcastic and being like, uh, yes?
1: Yeah, I didn't necessarily read that yes as sarcastic. I read it as more like, what, was that not an adequate apology? Like, he's surprised that- that didn't work. But either way it's it's very bad. It's very juvenile. Yeah. Anyone who acts like this, they're not old enough to date. Yeah. I don't care how old they are chronologically. If someone acts like this, you can't date them.
0: And I I know like the author was 17, so uh they don't know exactly how 20-year-olds act and they probably think I mean when you're 17, you think you're all grown up already. So, <laughs> yeah, th- I, I I mean, I buy this and I don't necessarily fault the author for that. But the thing is that this is Im- immature, even for a 17 year old.
1: Yeah, because I mean, I think we have uh, said this before when we've talked about the way these two are written like they're teenagers. Um, I can't really fault the author too much for that because she was 17 writing this. And when you're 17, I don't think you can comprehend maturity levels that you haven't yet attained, right? And 17-year-olds do think they're basically grown. Yeah. So it totally makes sense for a 17-year-old to write characters who read like teenagers, even if they're not teenagers. Um, I think it's probably pretty hard to avoid that when you're Mm -hmm. 17.
0: Yeah. Um, If it was, if if it was just that, I wouldn't really fault the author for it, but this kind of stuff permeates this entire story. The immaturity. It's all throughout
1: the story, and this is like a particularly bad example. Yeah. Because like you said, this, this is immature for teenagers. Yeah. If if, if it it was- If you're like a teenager in high school and your boyfriend is acting like this, you dump his ass. Yeah. Like-
0: (laughs) It's not necessarily that the, the story is immature that bothers me because, like, yeah, the writer is 17, like, no shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's that uh, people think that this is 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 a mature way of dealing with the situation. Like, look in the comments. Nobody is, is saying, like, hey, this isn't really uh, a proper apology. Um, if someone acted like this, I wouldn't be happy with him, etc., Uh, everyone's just like, oh, it's so cute, haha, that he doesn't know how to apologize. Um,
1: like- Yeah, people are all just kind of laughing on that line where, um, Lentz says yes when Keith says, this is your apology. Um, like, people are recognizing that this is- this is bad, but no one is saying, like, that this kills the relationship. No one is- questioning clance over this and it absolutely absolutely does reason to do so yeah it
0: kills the relationship if you cannot apologize to your partner when you have wronged them that relationship is is nothing yeah you clearly are not mature enough (laughs) to be in a relationship you're 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 not mature enough to date this is basic shit you don't respect your partner enough to even apologize when you've done something wrong
1: right yeah
0: and they're not even dating yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this is this re- relationship is already dead in the water.
1: Right. So after this non-apology, after the paragraph where Keith is thinking that he wishes Lance was, like, sobbing on his knees right now, it continues. It's not very good, Keith commented. But I am sorry, Lance bellowed, moving in closer. I just, I don't know. He paused, biting his lips. I don't know how to show it, but I am.
0: Well, you could start um. by apologizing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is... Like, Lance proceeds to get even more childish here because, um, when this initial apology is rejected, he just kind of, like, throws his hands up in the air like, well, I don't know what to do.
0: Yeah, he- he didn't even try.
1: He gives up. Yeah. He gives up at this point. And <sighs> he just starts- he just starts whining about how he doesn't know how to apologize properly.
0: He's 20, yes he does. Yeah. <laughs> You don't make it to twenty without well, I mean I guess you do, but you can. <laughs> right. But.
1: Uh but that this does not make you boyfriend material. Yeah. Um like this is incredibly, incredibly immature. Like this is behavior I would buy from a twelve year old. Yeah. Um
0: If if they were teenagers, like if they were seventeen years old, I might find it kind of endearing maybe. Um uh, there like, would at maybe... least be
1: some like wiggle room in there yeah. where I think like I think I could excuse Lance acting like this once if they yeah. were teenagers, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, if this was like a stage along his uh like character arc.
0: Yeah, I might not necessarily um, find it endearing, but I think I'd be able to give it a little more slack. Um,
1: the other thing though is I don't think this can happen at the end of the story like it does because yeah. Lance has very little time left in the story to mature from this point. Like mm-hmm. Um, if something like this happened near the beginning of the story, we could maybe think by the end, like, oh, he learned from that mistake and he's changed and he's going to do better now.
0: Yeah. He was more mature at the beginning.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is like he backslid. Yeah. So then Keith asks Lance why he's sorry, and Lance is just completely unable to answer this question. He can't say anything. Uh, it says... Lance wanted to say something, but nothing seemed to leave his lips. It was discouraging for both boys to have silence, to have nothing to fill the gaps. And then Keith says, I should have figured, and he, he gets up and he starts to walk away. Um, like, he, he gives up at this point. Yeah, he should have um, figured. Right. And this is where he should give up entirely. Like, at this point, I am just rooting for him to walk out of this restaurant and be like, well, that was a bust. Uh, sorry about stealing a car.
0: I don't, I don't know why. He, <laughs> I, he, where is he gonna go? <laughs> exactly, like he he says, like I'm leaving, and then he storms out into the car and just sits with Lance's family, and Lance like comes after okay, him. Okay, actually,
1: because... um, actually, I th- I think we we should talk about this. If Keith decides to break up with Lance at this point, he's still stuck with Lance for the rest of the winter break. Um, Lance is the one with the car. Lance is his ride back to college. Yeah. Um, If he shoots Lance down at this point, he is guaranteeing himself an awkward time the rest of his stay there. So there is social pressure on him to accept Lance's apology no matter how bad it is. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have, like, full autonomy in this scene because he can't just leave. He can't. He got here in a car he stole, which is now out of gas. Yeah.
0: He can't. His only he way can't back
1: leave. is with the Sanchez family. Yeah. So he doesn't really have a choice here. Not that it matters because we all know going into the story that, of course, like, this is a Clance fanfic. This is going to end up with Keith and Lance getting together. Like, we knew that from the beginning. Um, this was never a question If we, if we set that aside for one point and consider the scenario, if this were to happen in real life, um, Keith is in a situation here where he doesn't have the freedom to just leave the situation. Mm -hmm. So that's not great. So as Keith starts walking away from the booth, um, Lance starts playing a song, uh, off his phone and Keith recognizes the song uh, he recognizes
0: and, that it's um 70s uh, before he realizes that it's Baby Come Comeback.
1: Uh, yeah, which I don't buy that because <laughs> he made this playlist. Yeah. This was a song that was on his playlist, so we know that he knows the song.
0: It was out of the ordinary, enough that it persuaded Keith to turn around and stare. He recognized the tune, the name just barely on the tip of his tongue. It sounded like something from the 70s, and fear immediately trickled its way in. <laughs> like, he's he's still using his detective <laughs> skills.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Lance's idea of apologizing is that he's going to do a really stupid dance in the middle of McDonald's to the song.
0: Why can't it be both? Why can't he he make a genuine apology and then, like, do a stupid dance?
1: Yes, because... Okay, I think um, the idea of Lance making a fool of himself in the McDonald's. Um, he's dancing along to the song. He's singing al- along to it very badly. We know Lance can't sing. Um, and it's like, the way Keith reads it is like, this is dorky and endearing and I can't stay mad at him. And I think I could get behind that if Lance had properly apologized. Yeah, exactly. Um, Because I think that could be like, you know, not that I would feel very strongly about it, but sure, I can see how that's cute.
0: You have the genuine apology, and then he does the dance to relieve the tension and change the tone for the better.
1: Right. Um, and that's like, uh, it's a bit of an in-joke, I, I guess at this point, um, that Lance is a bad singer and a good dancer and that he likes, uh, cringey 70s music, as Keith would put it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like a very Lance thing to do in this story, like as this character has been established in the story. Um, and that is how Keith reacts to it. It's like, wow, this is this is so Lance to do this, and I like Lance, so I like that he did this. But after this complete like non apology that he gave where he's unable to even say something as simple as I didn't mean it when I said I didn't care about you.
0: It would be so like, easy.
1: Uh, this instead comes up like he's just putting on a big show to distract from the fact that he did not apologize. And this also, uh, kind of in the same way that there's a like manipulative element to the situation, like Keith can't just leave. He's still stuck with the Sanchez family, no matter what the outcome is of this conversation between him and Lance. Um, Lance is putting on a performance in front of... Uh, everyone else in this McDonald's, all the, all the staff, uh, this is, this has a little bit of, like, uh, proposing in public vibes, where there's now social pressure on Keith to accept Lance's apology because he's making a big scene out of it. Yeah. But it's still not an actual apology. Yeah. So this just feels manipulative to me.
0: Oh, does it? Really? Yes. Were you getting that vibe from it? Yes. Me too.
1: Oh, wow. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna read some of how Keith reacts to... Lance's singing and dancing. I'll skip over the part where uh, the author just copy and pasted the song lyrics in here, but Keith was cringing, especially with the way Lance was singing. It was off-key, it was humiliating, and it was completely adorable. A part of Keith wanted to slap Lance for it. The other part of him was, if anything, finding it completely charming. Oh my god, Keith cried, feel- finding his body move towards Lance without his mind's consent. <laughs> he was under Lance's spell. As if the hypnotism of his legs, the twist of his torso. Keith couldn't help but move closer, even as Lance flicked his hips just right. <laughs> this
0: is a cartoon.
1: <laughs> yeah. Lance shouted the chorus. It was mortifying. Keith moved his hands to cover his face, peeking through the gaps of his fingers just to watch. Keith groaned, doing a terrible job of a- hiding his embarrassment. He was supposed to be angry. He was supposed to be mad, not trying to suppress giggles. This is like almost like My Immortal levels of uh, tone whiplash, line to line. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like
1: this is like the dialogue tags on some of those like exchanges.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, cool. What's an eye patch? He whimpered. Because <laughs> um, like first Keith is like, this is so embarrassing, but I kind of think it's cute. The next moment, he's like, oh my god, this is the sexiest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's like I'm being hypnotized. Some mysterious force is compelling me (laughs) towards Lance. And then a second later, he's like, oh my god, this is once again the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But then he starts thinking it's funny, and he starts laughing. It's like, (laughs) we're just bouncing all over the place here, and I get- Some amount of that, like, I think is justified just because of how emotional Keith has been. And we know that before Lance even entered the room, um, Keith was having a lot of conflicted emotions. We got that from his narration uh, before Rosa showed up, that he couldn't decide whether he was, like, upset or angry. But this is happening, like, these paragraphs are all sequential. The only thing I skipped over is the song lyrics. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure how he simultaneously finds this so hot that he feels like he's being hypnotized and also so embarrassing he can't look at it that's yeah. a that's a very odd reaction,
0: yeah, he's crying um because he's uh so uh i mean I guess he's crying because he's laughing
1: <laughs> yes, Keith also uh cries, "You are the biggest meme at one point
0: he doesn't know what a meme is." Everything's a meme to him.
1: Everything is a meme to him. And then it says, The night shift McDonald's workers chuckled from their places behind the front counter, each one watching as Lance did a 180 twist. This is like Opa Homeless style. <laughs>
0: yes. um, I promise you, they literally don't give a fuck. Um, there could be uh, a lady having a baby like on the floor of the restaurant and they wouldn't care. They're night shift <laughs> workers. They are just there because uh, they are getting paid time and a half for Christmas. Um, They don't give a shit.
1: Yep. Guarantee you.
0: That's probably why no one cared um, when Rachel was giving birth on the floor of uh, Les Tacos, honestly.
1: Uh, do they have any employees besides Cora, though?
0: <laughs> Maybe that's why the guy was so mad and told her to um, <laughs> get his burrito, <laughs> because she was the only worker there.
1: Oh my god, yeah. We solved it. Yeah. I think we're ace detectives now, Anyway, (laughs) anyway, sorry, we could get really sidetracked talking about Blood Raining Night, because frankly, I just much rather talk about Blood Raining Night at this point. But we have to we have to get through this.
0: Yes. Um, He wasn't just dancing for Keith. He was dancing for them. He was embarrassing himself. He was the fool. And I am the fool. And he (laughs) knew it, too. (laughs) I hope you liked my Tommy Wiseau impression. It was very good. Um, Yes, thank you. This was Lance's apology, and Keith couldn't help but accept it.
1: He couldn't help but accept it.
0: (laughs) It's not an apology.
1: It's not an apology. I I mean, Um,
0: I... I I I I, I really can't fault Lance for this. Um, when his own father outed him to a homophobe, uh, he didn't give a proper apology either. So, you know, uh, that's, pro- that's who <laughs> you know, that's Lance a good was point. learning from.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. Because Jamie also, like, um, when Lance confronted him looking for an apology, Jamie also gave a non-apology and then just started crying. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, you'd think maybe Lance could have learned something about how not to apologize from that scene. No, because um, um
0: he thinks it was a really good apology, act, actually. And uh, I guess the author does, too, because it's never brought up again.
1: Or I guess what Lance was thinking was, you know, my dad's apology was all right. I can tell that he's trying and he's going to be microdosing Yaoi now, so he'll he'll get over this eventually. But you know what would have really sold the apology is if he started dancing.
0: <laughs> I don't know if that would be better or worse.
1: um worse because i think it would make the story longer
0: it would be just as worse
1: it would be just as worse it also says only a truly regretful boy would dance in a mcdonald's for his lover what does that mean this author just says shit like that doesn't mean anything oh wow i'm actually i'm looking at the comments and Uh, There's one here that surprises me, but this person says, "I'm sorry, but this doesn't work for me. I know that action speaks louder than words, but sometimes you have to get those words out of your ass." Holy fucking shit! Though.
0: (laughs) Yeah, someone replies, "OMG, yes, I fully agree. Like, this is cute and all, but still, this isn't really an apology. Oh my god!" Yeah, these people are actually starting to think critically about this fit. Oh my god! They're they're critiquing it. holy shit they're looking at it and saying this is how it starts this works for me this doesn't work oh my god
1: Mm -hmm. uh when you were a teenager did you have like a formative experience where you were like hey sometimes media is bad is there anything that sticks in your head like that because because i have an example uh but i feel like that's that's maybe what's happening to some of these people is they're like hey this isn't good (laughs)
0: i mean i probably do i'd have to think about it though like i definitely do but nothing comes to mind right away. breaking dawn breaking dawn
1: the the twilight book yeah not the yeah um that was my like sometimes books are bad actually moments (laughs) oh really yes we could get very sidetracked uh talking about this but i read twilight when it was like first coming out and was popular and i was uh never really that into it. I read the first one thinking it was going to be like epic vampire vi- vampires versus werewolves stuff. And it wasn't that at all. Um, but then I kind of kept with it cause it was popular and I figured it was going somewhere and um, Breaking Dawn proceeded to do absolutely everything wrong in some of the like most like bizarre, dire, unhinged, like reprehensible ways I have ever seen. And I think it made me crazy. Like this book is burned into my brain in a way it really shouldn't be considering I read it once well over a decade ago now.
0: You know, actually for me, it it um might have been uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows.
1: Yeah, that's that's a that's a good one for that too. I I do remember when I read Deathly Hallows, I got it when it came out, you know, midnight release. That was the thing you did back in the day, and I read it and I was kind of like, "Huh." And then I never read it again.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I guess that was significant for me because it was like, at that point, JKR was basically God, um, Mm -hmm. according to some people. So me having this opinion that differed from, I guess, what other people were saying, like, oh my God, it's so good. Uh, It's actually like really deep and meaningful that everyone died. Um, Like, I remember that's what my, uh, my geography teacher was saying and i was mm-hmm. like hmm i don't know if i agree with you like <laughs> I, I i was a fan of harry potter at the time but yeah. i i remember reading that and being like this isn't very good and i have some things that um like things in particular that i don't like about it and can point out mm-hmm. uh but yeah it might have been that
1: yeah yeah for me for me it was uh breaking dawn just drove me completely insane like deathly hallows was bad but i think it was bad in a way that at the time i didn't give a lot of further thought to Mm -hmm. my main takeaway from the the book that i remember was like well i called it on the harry being a horcrux twist i guess that was kind of obvious and then i never read the book again um breaking dawn uh made me actually angry what a terrible fucking book
0: (laughs) yeah 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 anyway anyway um Lance gripped Keith's hands, holding them close to his chest. I hope you're f- you'll forgive me. I want you to forgive me, Keith, because I don't want to lose you. Still not an apology. Is it really so hard for him to say even, like, I didn't mean what I said? I do care about you? Like,
1: Yeah, right, because basically what Lance is saying here is I understand that there's something I need to be apologizing for in order to make it up to you, but I don't know what I actually... Have to apologize for. And it's like, it shouldn't be a question to him why Keith is upset with him. It's obvious. Like, there are situations where your, like, uh, boyfriend or fake boyfriend, <laughs> I guess, uh, might be mad at you and you don't know why. Like, if you unintentionally hurt them in some way. But let's very intentionally hurt Keith. Yeah. And sure, he did it while he was angry and... I think we can gather that he didn't mean what he said, but that should be easy to apologize for. I'm sorry, I didn't mean any of that. I shouldn't have said that.
0: Oh my God, look at the comments. Again, I would actually drop him and run away. I would not give a shit and I'd probably hit him to be for real. And another person says, I wouldn't. Uh, And then someone (laughs) says, yeah, me neither. OMG, me too.
1: (laughs) Oh man, I'm-
0: Okay, but here's- here's- Here's the problem. These kinds of people, they blame it on um, the author getting harassed, and that's why it sucks.
1: Yeah, although I wouldn't necessarily assume that these are the, the same people who were blaming it on the author getting harassed.
0: Yeah, not necessarily. Harassed.
1: Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm genuinely a bit thrilled to see people in the comments saying, like, yeah, no, I don't accept this. Yeah,
0: it's a, it's, it's, it's a bad apology. And I'm happy that these people, like, they're probably very young, too, and and they're able to realize that this isn't acceptable.
1: Yeah. That's a um, pleasant
0: surprise.
1: On the line where Keith says that he forgives Lance, uh, this one person, this, this is the same person whose comment we read earlier says, I would have loved to see Keith asking for time and space for a little while because the man just had his heart broken and stomped on. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, realistically, even if Keith decides that he's... Able to forgive Lance, and he s- still wants to move forward. He's probably not ready yet. We know he was just very mad and upset, and Lance didn't do anything to address those feelings that Keith has. Yeah,
0: and this is important. Like this is this is meant to be. It, this isn't meant to be seen as a bad apology, which I think would this be fine. This is meant to be
1: the moment where they officially get together. Yeah, that's what happens at the end of this scene. Yeah, Lance asks Keith out on a date. Keith says, yes. This is when they officially get together. This is the big moment. Yeah. Which is somehow completely separate from the kiss scene.
0: Yeah. For some that reason. would have worked so
1: much better. So much better. Like, I mean, it shouldn't have happened in the midway point in the story. That doesn't make any sense. But what if um, they had decided to get together after they kissed at laser tag and they realized they couldn't ignore that they are attracted to each other? Because, <laughs> again, that was not a stage kiss. There was never any pretense of it being one.
0: So uh, Keith says, yes, I forgive you. And asks uh, him to stop dancing because they have an audience. And Lance says, well, in that case, Keith squealed watching in horror as Lance began to kneel on the ground. Gasps from the McDonald's workers echoed in the background. one, One woman even happily slapping her co-worker across the chest from her hysteria. Um, This author thinks that hysteria is a real thing that women have. I mean, (laughs) I know know that that's just, like, an expression, um, but... Yeah, but
1: but for this author, I believe it.
0: (laughs) For this author. Like, specifically, the the words, like, her hysteria, you know, something that she had instead of just hysteria. That's pretty funny. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> why? I, I
1: also like the idea of um
0: why is she slapping her co-worker what he <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> like I, I, I know that this is the, like the cartoon reaction like the the guy's eyes go wide and he goes Ooh, and and the woman is like smack because you know it's, it's the classic cartoon reaction i i don't know how to describe it but you you know you know what i'm talking about right um
1: well i think so except that i don't think that's what is happening here
0: really What is happening then? I mean,
1: I I can't tell. This is bizarre because it's like um, Lance is doing this very uh, goofy dance song routine and the workers are watching, I guess, because this is amusing, which I don't buy. I used to work overnights. I promise you I could not give less of a shit about anything a customer did. Um, I was simply there for the paycheck which i'm sure is especially true of these guys cuz they're working the christmas eve overnight they're mm-hmm. just there to get time and a half yeah um so i doubt that any of them are genuinely entertained by this but anyway let's uh let's pretend that they are lance then gets down on one knee uh they have no context for this relationship so they they could think that they're about to witness a proposal and this one employee thinks that this is so funny that she just turns to her coworker and starts hitting him <laughs> What's that? What is that? What does that mean? What is that? I don't understand yeah. that reaction. But also, uh, like I was saying before, this is, you know, public proposal energy. Uh, Lance is pretty deliberately playing into that here. Um, in fact, I think it's on purpose because he does this after Keith points out that they have an audience.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, we could talk a lot about this, but I, I mean, my opinion is that, like, public proposals are no good unless you've discussed it with your partner, um, beforehand, like you would be okay with a public proposal because the social pressure, um, it's it's very manipulative. So yes,
1: I think you only do this if you know your partner wants to be proposed to in that way. Yes, and you already know that they will say yes. Yeah,
0: and of course this is fake, but it's yes. The people start gasping, like they think that he's literally going to propose, but it turns out he's.
1: And I mean, just to just to like preemptively ward off the argument of like. Again, like, a uh, hypothetical listener who we hate, who's stupid, um, who <laughs> fucking sucks, uh, being like, oh, well, um, obviously Keith is going to agree because he's the one who wrote that letter and Lance is just responding to it. Keith wrote that before Lance did any of the asshole shit he did in the previous chapter. Yeah. We ha- have no reason to believe Keith feels the same way now, except that, you know, of course he does. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah, for no reason. Um. But from Lance's perspective, Keith would be entirely justified in turning him down at this point. There is no guarantee in Lance's mind that Keith is going to say yes. So this is, this is putting the pressure on him deliberately.
0: Yes, this is also like super manipulative in the sense that um, Keith being Lance's boyfriend means that he has access to a support system like Rosa yes. and uh, the rest of his family and like a place yes. to stay and food and yes. clothes, you know. Um hmm which, I, I like, that would be a really cool story. I kind of want to rewrite something like that, being like, okay, am I am I really, like, like two guys who are dating, but one of them is worried that, like, oh, um, do I really like this guy, or do I just like his family?
1: Yeah, um, like, that's genuinely an interesting idea. I wish that was the point of the story, because it would be cool to see that explored.
0: Yeah, and it's okay if it ends up either way. Like, yeah. either way would be interesting. Um, uh-huh.
1: Yeah, I'm not against that premise at all. I just think it's very weird that it seems so heavily implied here and yet is apparently, like, unintentional. Mm -hmm. Or at least just never going to be addressed. Uh, The other thing about Keith uh, being under social pressure to forgive Lance here. Keith stole a car belonging to Lance's older brother and his older brother's wife. If Keith rejects Lance at this point... That may put him on bad terms with Mm. the rest of the Sanchez family. And they may decide that Keith stealing a car is no longer a forgivable offense. Yeah. And it was two lawyers whose car he stole.
0: It's okay, though, because it's never brought up again. Mm Mm-hmm. Everything's fine.
1: (laughs) Everything's fine. Fine and normal.
0: Like, I am totally okay with the idea of them forgiving him, but the way that it's never brought up again is pretty funny. Um you know, I was thinking earlier about this, maybe the author doesn't realize how serious it is, because in their mind, uh, Keith is already a part of the family. And like, if you were at a family gathering and just jumped in like your, your sister's car or something and drove away, that wouldn't be like the same as just stealing a car. I mean, I guess you technically could charge them under that. But taking a family member's car without permission isn't, like the same as stealing in their eyes or probably wouldn't be but keith is not a member of the family he's known them for like a
1: week right but he might be considered part of the family if he were dating lance yes so yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. so lance is is not proposing he's uh he just pulls out the letter that keith wrote uh and he's he's folded it up into like a little square um
0: Again with the only two thing, um Yes. If if a paper is folded up, you um expect it to be unfolded.
1: Yeah, the line is it had been folded into squares only to be unfolded several more times. Yeah,
0: but you know, I already I already talked mm-hmm. about that in the last episode. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's just like a recurring thing. And Keith looks at the letter and sees that Lance has checked yes at the bottom. Um which If you remember back when we were talking about this on the last episode, um, Lance read Keith's letter over and over and over in the car, and then he finally it it read like he got some devious idea because he's, like, grinning and he's like, Hey, Mom, do you have a pen? (laughs) And then we cut away. All he did was check yes. Yeah, he did the thing that- The expected obvious thing.
0: He did the thing that Keith wanted him to do.
1: Yeah, he, he, he did- the thing that we would have expected him to do. There was no reason to leave us in suspense. Ooh, what is what is Lance going to do? I, I mean, it would be hilarious if he just checked no, but...
0: <laughs> Some people, if you click on the comments to the no option, someone goes, what if he wrote X in no? And, and one person just says X. <laughs> yes. Yes. I agree.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I love seeing people in the comments uh no longer playing along. This is this is great. This gives me like hope for the youth, you know.
0: Mhm. I think the kids The kids are, are going right. to be all right. The kids yeah. are all right. Um mm-hmm. Keith should have guessed that Lance was a romantic. This boy was going to give him cavities. He already knew that Lance was a romantic. We already knew this. When he pr- when he like asked Shiro out, he there were roses.
1: Yeah. Like- we know that Lance is a big showy like uh romantic gestures guy. Yeah. It's it's always been something that's very apparent about his character.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially um, in the show.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think consistently through this fic as well. That mm-hmm. is one thing about Lance that I think this author gets right, is that he is a romantic. Yeah. But here it feels romantic in a bad way because it feels performative and manipulative because, again, he's not properly apologized
0: affection. Lance wore so much of it. It was love, fondness, adoration, devotion. He wore each and every one. It was sewn between his freckles. It dripped from the tips of his eyelashes. The prose is bad. Did I mention that? Did the I mention that before? Bad. The, the prose is bad.
1: The prose is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the author just has to, s- to take a real break from trying with this poetic language. Like, I know we're trying to be Secret Life of Bees here. And I have criticisms of Secret Life of Bees' prose, which I've talked about, mm-hmm. but the author expli- understands how to do a simile. Yeah. The prose is just really, really bad here. I I just don't think the author ought to have tried to use figurative language mm. because she doesn't know what she's doing. Your comparison has to make some sort of sense. Like, yeah. Like... <laughs> I mean, because the line again is, it was love, fondness, adoration, devotion. He wore each and every one. It was sewn between his freckles. It dripped from the tips of his eyelashes. That first line I understand, at least. It's not good writing, but I understand that these are all emotions that are present in Lance's like face, right? Like You can look at him and see that these are these emotions that he's feeling and expressing. But then it goes on to say that it was sewn between his freckles. Like, that That doesn't mean anything. You would never sew something between fre- freckles. Mm-hmm. That's not a thing. Uh, it dripped from the tips of his eyelashes. That's maybe a more workable one, but then it just it sounds like it's liquid.
0: <laughs> yeah. Love is a liquid, to be fair. <laughs>
1: um. But
0: I don't think it works in what, this case. What liquid is it? It's like Milk. Um, you know, full of milk, except full of, um, no, it's milk. Um.
1: You said it's like milk.
0: It's, it's milk. It's like milk. Um.
1: Oh, is that why I'm lactose intolerant? Yeah. Oh, oh, we've solved it.
0: And we're not even detectives like Keith.
1: (laughs) I think I might be a detective like Keith at this point. I'm at least as good as him.
0: Then with a face so beyond dastardly, Lance swept his arms beneath Keith's hips and hoisted him up. Keith gave a scream, giggling even more, when his legs wrapped around the base of Lance's knees. He snaked his arms to hang around Lance's neck, playfully tugging at the long ends of brunette hair. Lance was too lazy to trim. What the fuck is going on here?
1: I don't know. Um, so... I mean this the story has really leaned into the height difference between Keith and Lance mm-hmm. which I'm pretty sure is negligible. It's about
0: like an inch. It's an inch yes, at the most. Uh,
1: there's actually there's even a joke about this in just static. I don't think we mentioned it when we were talking about yeah. it, but there's there's some line where um I can't remember which of them brings up the height difference, but the other one points out that they're only like an inch apart. Yeah. He, uh which Keith I really liked. I thought that was very funny.
0: Lance is bragging about like how much taller than Keith he is, and Keith points out like, uh, it's just yeah. an inch. Which is pretty funny.
1: Like yeah. I
0: think that, that height difference is funny. I mean, I know what ship we're thinking about too with that particular height difference. Um Uh Mm -hmm. but
1: Yeah we're we're gonna talk about the Komahina sex game now?
0: (laughs) That's not (laughs) until um
1: Hey everybody, Siobhan made me play the Komahina sex games.
0: You're the one who played it first.
1: That wasn't my fault. That's
0: a Patreon exclusive. Anyway
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I mean I'm I'm trying to figure out what the height difference is supposed to be between them in the story.
0: Well, K- Keith, uh, was made smaller, um, so that Lance could see <laughs> him. He was,
1: he was, a, uh, yeah, they, they shrank him earlier so that, um, he could be the little spoon <laughs> when yeah. they were snuggling.
0: It said that Keith was the little spoon, hence his smaller size, which implies that he is smaller because of the spooning.
1: Because, I mean, they could be close in size and Lance could still pick Keith up, I believe that. But he's really hoisted Keith up into the air- So I don't know if Keith is like head and shoulders above Lance the way he's being held or if Keith is just really short. But
0: Keith's legs are wrapped around Lance's knees. So how does that work? If
1: if Lance is holding him up pretty high, then that's still possible with them being similar heights. But then that means their faces are nowhere near each other.
0: Lance, Lance starts apologizing profusely here. I'm so sorry, Lance whispered. His voice suddenly heavy. I'm so sorry. I don't think you understand how sorry I am. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And Keith, I hate this. And tells him to stop apologizing. Like, is if he's so sorry, why doesn't he give a proper apology? Right. This is manipulative.
1: Perhaps I am especially bothered by this because th- this is just like a particular pet peeve of mine, is that some people- do not know how to apologize properly, but recognize that socially they should. And so what they do is they just say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry over again. That doesn't mean anything. You have to demonstrate that you understand why you are apologizing.
2: Mhm.
1: And so while I do understand from this that like Keith recognizes, well, sorry, Lance recognizes that uh, I keep getting these guys mixed up. It's because They're they don't have any consistent characters. character traits. Yeah, um, but Lance recognizes that he needs to apologize, that much is clear, but he still, like, seemingly doesn't grasp what he has to apologize for, and again, like we said, it should be obvious.
0: You know, not to get too serious here, but if- (laughs) if Lance had had, like, perhaps some particular trauma that prevented him from, like, being able to, uh, apologize properly or, like, recognize, uh- that i i guess i could buy that but he grew up with a loving mother and a flawed but loving father uh, as far as the story is concerned um he has many siblings he knows how to apologize
1: yeah because um this is behavior that i you know i, I just talked about how much i don't like it but i do find it understandable when it's someone who has like been traumatized because the most likely explanation from that is uh, someone who recognizes that they'll be punished if they don't give an apology. And so they reflexively give one even in situations where they don't know what they're apologizing for. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, this is not We Lance. don't have that sort of justification with Lance because um, the only trauma that he has that we know of relates to his sister running away. Uh, well, not running away. She was kicked out, but he he thought she ran away. And to Benji getting sick, and I don't see how either of those things would turn him into the, like, frantic over-apologizing guy.
0: Yeah, and I guess I guess he has trauma with, like, coming out as well and not being accepted by his father, but it's not the kind of trauma that would cause him to, like, have these particular, like, areas of uh, a lack of maturity. Um, yeah, this is
1: also not a behavior we've observed from him ever before. Yeah. Um... If this was an ongoing pattern with him, I would think, like, oh, that's a, that's a, like, trauma response or something. Like, there's um something that's causing him to behave this way. But it's just happening here, so I can't even, like, find a reason to sympathize with him in this.
0: Stop saying sorry, Keith whispered, leaning his lips in. I know you are. So, you-
1: see, this is what makes me think that Keith is much shorter than Lance, because um they're apparently, like, their faces are close enough that they can kiss, but Keith is hoisted up so high that his feet are, like, on Lance's knees.
0: I'm having trouble envisioning this, but I guess it doesn't matter at all. Um, so do you forgive me? For real? I didn't know if I could, at least not until you came back. So you do? What is this conversation?
1: It's, I mean, I want to call it teenager brain, but I think this was immature for teenagers.
0: Yeah. What does he mean by came back? He didn't come back. They're in a McDonald's yeah. several towns over.
1: He didn't. He didn't come back. Keith was the one who left. Yeah. Why doesn't he say "not until you showed up"? Yeah. I would understand that. I mean, I wouldn't really because. <laughs> yeah. I don't buy any aspect yeah, of the scene, but actually. I would. I would understand what he was trying to say. Um, so this goes on for a bit, and they establish that uh, Keith can indeed forgive Lance, um, and then.
0: What is he forgiving Um, him for? What is he forgiving him for? What is Lance apologizing for and what is Keith forgiving him for?
1: Exactly, yeah. (sighs)
0: Um, This would be so easy.
1: And then Lance asks, so I can kiss you? And then it says, the biggest, toothiest smile decorated Keith's jaw. His jaw. His jaw. You know where your smile goes? On your jaw?
0: Yeah, I think we've talked about this. Well, I mean... (laughs) Yes. We have. (laughs) We we just did. A lot.
1: Yeah. The author has some very wrong perceptions of where certain body parts are located, which is confusing to me because aren't they an artist?
0: Blood started to flow out of her cuticle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So then they kiss. um, And the kiss is described uh, for quite a bit. Um, It says, the kiss tasted of candy cane and vanilla ice cream. To who? Keith is the one who was drinking the milkshake.
0: Yeah, I guess- I guess we're from Lance's perspective.
1: I guess? Because it's- it's only Lance that's going to notice that. Keith was drinking the milkshake. Tongues trailed the inside of cheeks, hands pulled at hair, fingers roamed a little too risque for the comfort of a public McDonald's. You know,
0: as opposed to a private one. You (laughs) know, (laughs) like in Richie Rich.
1: (laughs) Holy shit. Their shaking hands traced each outline, each mark, each curve, only breaking apart for a moment. Lance moved his lips from Keith's mouth to his nose, to his eyes, to his cheeks, to his chin. It made Keith snicker uncontrollably as Lance placed a soft kiss against each one. Lance and Keith forgot about Christmas. They forgot that it was almost six in the morning, forgot about their lack of sleep and tired eyes. They didn't dare remember about the car full of family members parked out front. (laughs) Or the car Keith stole. That's not in the story. Or the amount of chaos they'd return to. They ignored the restaurant, the kitchen full of co-workers just watching them. They even forgot the choices they'd made and the stupid mistakes written down on a list. Instead, they cherished it, adoring the moment for what it was. As time would tell, there would be more kisses, a peck to the ear, a kiss to the jaw. There would be smooches over Keith's belly fat. Isn't he skinny?
0: Yeah, he's skinny! Again with the mention of (laughs) Keith's belly fat.
1: (laughs) Kisses that would make him squirm from the tickling. Keith would caress each of Lance's freckles, even the ones on his arms, his back, his palms. His palms?
0: His palms.
1: You don't have freckles on your palms. I don't think that's even possible.
0: Yeah, you don't, because that's not where the melanin goes.
1: No. I have freckles, like, on my whole body. I don't have freckles on my palms. That's not a thing. That doesn't happen. I call bullshit. Sorry. Each kiss would be appreciated, savored, loved. It wasn't a lie anymore. These kisses were real. The kiss before was real.
0: Yeah, the kiss. That was the was point real. of
1: the kiss that happened before. Was that it was real, even though it wasn't supposed to be because they were fake dating. I'm going insane.
0: Uh, let me read the comments here.
1: There's 69 comments on that line. Well, nice. I'm I'm
0: reading the one about uh, the, the one that starts with the kiss of candy uh, of candy cane and vanilla ice cream. Mm-hmm. A bunch of people saying the workers aren't getting paid enough for this shit.
1: Legit. I mean, they never are. Um. Fast food workers should make $10 billion an hour.
0: There are there are people in the comments saying like, OMG, the other workers are going to be so mad that they weren't there to witness this. It's it's two people making, it's
1: making out. It's two people no, making out. It's two people making out. No one cares. No one, one cares. At most, this is like a funny story that they're going to mention to Morning Shift. Like, yeah, it was pretty dead last night, except these these two weird little gay boys came in and made a scene.
0: A lot of people saying, sir, this is a McDonald's. Yep. Somebody uh, asking if maybe Lance has freckles on his dick.
1: No, that's mm. another place you don't get freckles. <laughs> I think I can pretty much guarantee that one. Yeah. That's not gonna happen. There's a lot of people saying stuff like there's this one person who says, When is it my turn to be happy? And there's there's kind of this is not similar the kind sentiments. of sentiments.
0: This is not the kind of relationship you should aspire to.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of people treating this like this is aspirational, and that's just kind of sad.
0: Oh, you know what I wanted to mention? I Lance was talking about how incredibly homophobic his area is, but now he's, like, totally okay with making out in front of some random people, and they don't have a problem with it? Like, yeah. I mean, it's not that I find it unrealistic that they wouldn't have a problem with it, it's just, like, is Lance really comfortable with this? Because when Lance and Keith were at Jamie's shop... Uh, lance was like deliberately hiding the fact that keith was his boyfriend or i guess fake boyfriend to Mm -hmm. doug but now he's okay with it and there's nothing that really changed about his character that would make me believe that he just wouldn't care
1: yeah because if there was anything i took from that scene it was that oh lance is out at college but at home it's not so simple maybe he can be out Around his family to an extent, but when he's out in public, he's in the closet. Yes. And so, I mean, I could buy maybe that because, uh, because Lance is apologizing, I mean, not really, but in his mind, he's apologizing and he's, he's trying to put on like a big show of affection and prove how much Keith means to him, whatever, uh, and- Maybe he's reached the point where he's thinking like, um, I don't even care what anyone else thinks of this uh, because pursuing this relationship is too important to me and I no longer care about other people's judgment. Yeah,
0: maybe if we were um, from Lance's I perspective. I would buy
1: that, but we would need to be told that. And it's weird that that's not addressed here because that would be a resolution to what seemed like Lance's potential character arc. Yeah. Of like... I guess, coming to terms with his sexuality because he's really struggling for a few scenes there early in the story. Like, uh, he considers going back into the closet to make his dad happy. Yeah. Like, even though we're initially introduced to this guy as being out and proud when he first references being by someone in his friend group says, we know, it's all you ever talk about. But, um, even though we, we have this initial impression that he's uh, out and proud and very vocal about being bisexual. Maybe that just applies to how he is at college and he's actually much more ins- insecure about his sexuality than he's let on. Um that could be interesting. That could be an arc and it seems like that's where it was going. I mean, Keith had that whole fucking shonen speech about like uh Lance you're bisexual. <laughs> <and> <laughs> it's a part of you. And you know like that whole thing if Lance didn't need to be taught that lesson What was the point of that scene? And if he has now been taught that lesson, and that's why he's comfortable doing this all in public now, it's very weird that that's not highlighted at all. Especially in a story like this, where we know the narrator tells us absolutely everything that we're supposed to take away from the scene. There is no, like, intended read of the scene left unaddressed by the author. The author just directly tells you what you're meant to take from the story at all times. Yes.
0: Epilogue! You ready to move on to the epilogue?
1: (sighs) We're ready to move on to the epilogue. So this is day 10, Sunday, December 25th, Christmas Day, 3.15 p.m. It's really important that we know that it's 3.15 p.m. So this opens with the two of them lying on the couch in the living room, I guess. uh, And they're cuddling.
0: It was a simple, immovable feeling. A sort of delight that fills you from the tips of your toes to the ends of your hair. (laughs)
1: It doesn't do that to me at all. (laughs) I'm also not sure what immovable feeling is supposed to mean.
0: He lay on the couch with Lance's arms wrapped around his torso, his back cuddled against Lance's chest. It was warm, so sweet that teeth could rot, and all Keith could think was how happy he was.
1: This is like the second time in as many scenes that Lance's affection for Keith has been referenced as like tooth rottingly sweet. Pick a different metaphor. This
0: doesn't seem very comfortable. Like, I would be on my stomach, not my back. I don't think you can really Um, cuddle into someone when you're on their back on top of them.
1: Yeah, also the way it's phrased, this is is really nitpicky, but whatever. Uh, The way it's phrased, he lay on the couch with Lance's arms wrapped around his torso. It it sounds like Keith has wrapped Lance's arms around himself rather than that Lance has done it. Like, it's weirdly passive, the way it writes about Lance. Mm Mm-hmm um anyway lance is just uh, the an house...
0: object in this scene
1: he's just an object in the scene um if he were just an object in every scene i think it would improve the story at this point the house was quiet the first time in days most family members had chosen to take afternoon naps jamie and rosa included the only ones awake were the children and their cousins all preoccupied as they played somewhere upstairs um
0: why are jamie and rosa m- um mentioned specifically i don't know like because if it said most family members had chosen to take afternoon naps. I would assume that included Jamie and Rosa.
1: Especially because the next line says the the only ones awake are the children and their cousins. Yeah. Um, which makes sense because the kids slept through the night yeah. while the adults were out looking. Um Is no one watching the kids? Is there no adult awake watching the children right now? Um I guess not.
0: I I, I guess so we didn't get any mention of like any adult cousins.
1: Yeah. I would think that maybe Rachel would be watching them again because she stayed home to watch them. Yeah, that's what what she's here for. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, just thinking like she probably slept at least part of the night.
0: The living room was in disarray. Present wrappings and leftover breakfast littered the floor from that morning. Why is is the
1: breakfast on the floor?
0: (laughs) They have a dog. Breakfast is all over the floor. What the hell? (laughs) No, it isn't. You have a dog. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, did something happen to Terminator? Is he, like, feeling okay?
0: Okay, you know, I think we want to talk a lot about this line. Uh, The family had attended Christmas Day Mass after the presents against both Lance and Benji's protests and had, had all arrived home exhausted, worn out, and ready for bed. I don't want to attend Mass ever again, Lance whined into Keith's hair. His eyes fluttered close and arm dangled lazily over Keith's torso. He's an adult, why did he go?
1: Yeah, I think also they have a very good excuse not to go this year. <laughs> yeah. This they is, were up all night.
0: This is really weird. Um, He's an adult. He can make his own decisions about uh religion. And considering what happened with the Buegla, I I think that Jamie and Rosa would be perfectly understandable if Lance didn't want to do that this year. Because, like, I guess this is only implied, but we're meant to assume that the religion was, like, her thing or like she yeah. was the one who was very um well I mean we don't know that we're just meant to assume because she's old.
2: Yeah. And like I mean I can under- I was... understand
0: if if Lance was like uh, I really hate going to mass it's really annoying and then Keith was like well why did you go then and he and he goes like oh well it's just a tradition I I like going with my family and I like seeing everyone there but it's it's such a hassle. Um but it literally yeah, says was... that he protested and he was forced <laughs> to go anyway. He was forced to- <laughs> Yeah. He was forced to attend a religious event that he didn't want to.
1: Yeah, because I was going to say, like, oh, well, um, maybe Lance didn't really want to go but sucked it up because it's tradition. But we know Lance to be the type to complain about anything he doesn't want to do. He's done that consistently through the story. And then we find out that he did complain and he was forced into going anyway. Yeah,
0: that's really weird.
1: It's really weird. He's 20. Yeah. He has his own car. Um... So Lance says he doesn't want to attend Mass ever again. Okay, then don't. And Keith says, then don't. And Lance says, um, or maybe I'll just kiss you. Um, and Keith says, is that a threat? And then, you know, they start kissing. This
0: is so bad. And This is not good banter.
1: (laughs) It's not good banter. Um, this all feels very hasty. Like, we're just trying to get to the part where they kiss as, as quickly as possible. They exchange, like, three lines before they just start making out. Yeah. Um... But then we get into- this scene is very weird. This is a very weird, uh, place to end the relationship on. hmm I'm not even really sure where I want to start with this. I guess we just have to go through from the top. So, they begin kissing. It gets, like, it heats up pretty fast, I would say. Um, should I- should I read this part? Yeah. Okay. Lance needed no more prodding. It was obviously what Keith wanted. Lance was kissing Keith in an instant, their lips pressed together warm and wet. It began cautious, a languid, agonizingly slow movement of the lips. Keith wanted more, needed more, and in a single moment he was shifting from their idle kissing to something heated, something ardent. Keith loved it, the feel of Lance's chest under his palms, the quiet groan Lance gave when Keith bit his lip. Their position shifted drastically, Keith suddenly crawling to straddle Lance's hips. Lance only rolled his pelvis up, making Keith gasp. You, Keith sighed into Lance's mouth, his hands suddenly tugging at the buttons of Lance's shirt. Are... He continued to unbutton them, each one just another barrier. Really? He reached the last one, all before shrugging the dress shirt from Lance's shoulders. (laughs) This is
0: terrible.
1: (laughs) So it's terribly written. It's
0: terribly paced.
1: It's terribly paced. Um, that's not really the part I want to talk about here, though. Yeah. Just so we're all on the same page. They start kissing. Keith gets into it, and pretty quickly, um... He gets into position, so he's straddling Lance, and he starts unbuttoning Lance's shirt. It's pretty clear what's happening at this point. This is this is now foreplay. Um, after the bit where Keith calls Lance hot, this is what happens. Lance immediately pulled away. Keith's words hung in the air. Keith whined in protest, reaching out blindly for Lance's lips, only to find none. Keith opened his eyes, already annoyed, only to see Lance's impish grin. What was that? Lance questioned, all innocent and pure. I didn't quite catch that. So Lance's next move here is that he wants Keith to repeat what he just said, and so he's pretending he didn't hear him. That's pretty obvious. Um, But how Keith reacts is very strange, I think. says, All amount of sexual desire Keith might have held suddenly dispersed. He scowled, suddenly sitting up straight over Lance's torso. Are you kidding me? Keith grumbled, his hands splayed across Lance's bare chest. You seriously just... Yep, tell me again. I don't think I heard you. No. Lance wore a taunting, cheeky smile. Tell me again. Keith scowled, wanting more than anything to go back to what they were doing. Whatever happened to the sex-driven man he'd been straddling more- mere moments ago? Keith, you're a fucking idiot! It's still foreplay, dude!
0: If that was the joke. He's, I'm tired of saying this. I'm so tired. If that yeah. was the joke, it would be really funny.
1: Because, I mean, it's very obvious. I hate to use the author's favorite word, but it's very obvious what Lance is doing here. Uh, he's into- Keith calling him hot, and he wants Keith to repeat it, and he's not going to continue until Keith does. It's like a little power play thing. And, like, this is obviously Lance's way of trying to continue the interaction that they're having. This is more foreplay. Um, but this turns Keith off completely. Not only does he not get it, he's not into it at all. So the scene continues. Keith blew a hair out of his face. Fine, if I say it again, will you be satisfied? Lance chuckled. Maybe... Keith groaned loudly. His protest probably audible in the other room. What other room? Everyone's upstairs. I really hate there- Lance.
0: <laughs> I I just really hate him. the The author just didn't understand what made Lance like charming in the in the show. Um, yes, because this is just a guy who is so insufferable.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: I don't like him.
1: No, we don't. We don't like this guy. But setting everything else aside, if I just take the scene in a vacuum, and you have a scene where you have a couple and they're making out, and they're going to have sex, and one of them calls the other one hot, and that, and the other person is like, say that again. That's still foreplay. Yeah. That's a continuation of what was already happening. Um. But Keith is demonstrating here that not only does he not get what Lance is trying to do, he's also just completely turned off by it, apparently. So this makes me just feel like, oh, okay, maybe they're sexually incompatible. <laughs> like, Lance is a praise kink or something, and Keith is just not into it. Remotely. It turns him off, in fact.
0: And I don't blame the author for not understanding how this works, but but, but nobody's criticizing it for that. Like, hey, this is really weird that it, that the scene plays out this way.
1: Yeah, and it, it keeps going and it gets weirder. There was no way they could go back now, and Keith simply rolled from Lance's chest and onto the floor. You're insufferable. Wait. Lance suddenly perked up, now alone on the couch. He looked lonely, eyes wide and lip- puckered out. You're not going to follow through? You aren't going to say it? Keith shook his head, feeling rather malicious at foiling Lance's master plan. Nope. I only said it once. Never again. This is the point plan? at which I would like it if it was the joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because because I, I think it would be funny if this is like a... You know how Keith and Lance are competitive in Voltron? That has been referenced many times in this fic. We're rarely shown it. But this is like they're getting competitive about foreplay. Mm -hmm. Like, Keith has his idea of what's going on. Lance tries to turn the tables by being like, we're pausing until you call me hot again. And uh, Keith is like nope, we're not doing that, and now I'm not continuing. And if this was, like, a weird version of foreplay for them, where they're just, like, um, <laughs> constantly denying each other, I would- I would think that was funny.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But Lance is genuinely, like, upset by this. Uh, because it goes on, shook his head, feeling rather malicious at following Lance's master plan. Nope, I only said it once, never again. But why, Lance winds, sitting up, flopping his hands down like a child. You're so mean. Keith just snickered, then pulling out his phone and scrolling through social media, his interest in other places. Can we just, I don't know, go back to what we were? Nope. Keith looked up from his phone and smirked, shaking his head. You ruined it. All your fault. Keith should have felt guilty for leaving his makeout partner hanging like that, but Keith couldn't help but feel that Lance deserved it. The boy was a tease, and sometimes that got the better of him. He
0: just asked you to tell him that he was hot again. That's not that weird.
1: It's not that weird, and this is like, Keith feels like he's getting back at Lance here. This makes me feel like Keith is not over the earlier fight. Yeah, Because a minute ago, Keith was totally ready to have sex with this guy. And just because Lance wanted to be called hot again, Keith is like, nope, no way. Not happening anymore. Mm -hmm. This is a very weird, like, dynamic to establish for these two the minute they start dating for real. Yeah. I just don't think they're compatible.
0: What reason has this fic given for why keith and lance are good together besides the fact that uh dating lance gives keith access to a family that he likes there's nothing
1: yeah there's nothing and with the way the story ends but we'll get to that so some time passes like a few minutes keith is scrolling on his phone lance is just like sitting there pouting i guess and (laughs) <laughs> it's. It says, uh, Keith refused to move nor satisfy Lance, instead scrolling through t- Twitter with a smirk on his chin. Again, that's not where it goes. But eventually, like a few minutes of this pass, and Keith finally glances over at Lance. And I. I couldn't describe this in my summary without editorializing, because... Well, let me just read how it's written. After a while uh keith couldn't help but take a peek at lance from the corner of his eyelid (laughs) corner of his eyelid (laughs)
0: author you need to learn body parts you're an artist
1: (laughs) no uh, keith has a smirk on his chin and he's looking at lance out of the corner of his eyelid (laughs) The boy was miraculously not pouting, and instead had chosen to stare at Keith strangely. It was such an unlance like face, an expression he didn't wear often. Keith could only name a few times ever seeing such a face, that morning in the McDonald's being one of those times. It was a simple look. His lips quirked into a crooked line, eyes half-lidded and heavy, cheeks flushed with red. It made Keith feel warm inside, like Lance was trying to memorize every curve of Keith's face. I'm sorry, he- uh, As far as I can tell, he's just doing the fucking Yandere (laughs) face. This is that one Mirai Niki scream cap of (laughs) Yuno. Like, that's the expression, right? That's that's the only thing I can picture reading that. Yeah. And, um... The
0: face disintegrates, uh, (laughs) in it, in it, so don't worry.
1: (laughs) Well, that's good, because that's scary, um... (laughs) For context, if, if anyone has no idea what I I just uh fucking said, don't watch Me and Niki, it's a bad show and it's stupid. Um but there there is a character who who is obsessed with the protagonist and um a notable moment in like episode 1 um which underlines how obsessed she is with him is when she stares at him with this odd look on her face and um it's become sort of like emblematic of yandere characters because she's such an archetypal example. Yeah. Um and that's the only way I can read The expression as it's described. It doesn't read like normal adoration or affection. It's weird. It's over the top. Yeah. Um, but the face disintegrates. So I I guess we don't have to worry about that anymore. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. Um, so then Lance starts, uh, rummaging through his Christmas gifts and he finally finds Keith's mixtape and walks over to, uh, the radio, which I guess is also a CD player. And, um puts in the CD and Keith's, Keith says, are you freaking kidding me? Keith observed watching as Lance pop the mixtape into the radio CD port. Um, bad writing, uh, because I don't think you should call it a mixtape when you're also, uh, describing it being put in the, into the CD port. Um, but I do like, are you freaking kidding me? Keith observed. Yeah. Not that I want to give any credit to this author for anything whatsoever, but, um, Separate from everything else, uh, I think dialogue tags like that are funny. Yes,
0: yes, absolutely. Um, Shirley Jackson does this sometimes, but, but we're not going to talk uh, about that because I would I would talk forever. But um, mm-hmm. that that is something I like in writing.
1: Yeah. So Keith protests because he thinks that dancing to uh, his own playlist is cringe. Um,
0: he made the playlist.
1: He made the playlist. You could have made it less cringe. Um, but also at this point, I don't think Keith has a problem with cringe because he's dating Lance, who's like the king of cringe in the story, I guess.
0: Keith has his own set of rules for like what is and isn't cringe. Um, Naruto is cringe. Anime is cringe. Memes are cringe. Um, paint, mm-hmm. uh, peel- Chore
1: charts are yeah, cringe. Yes,
0: Chore charts are, are cringe. Um, mm-hmm. paint peeling off of the side of a house is cringe. Like, yep. it, his definition of cringe just it is, like, completely different from what it actually means in, like, real life. It's, it's like his, his, uh, it, it's like phony for him.
1: Yeah, well, it doesn't really even seem to mean anything consistent. <laughs> I think it would be funny if there was, if that was, like, a conscious joke, again. Mm. Um... Keith just calls everything cringe and it doesn't really mean anything. But no one else comments on it. All you'd really need is another character pointing it out. Yeah,
0: Lampshading. This fic could use it. Yes.
1: Literally, if we had, like, one line in here from Lance being like, Keith, you call everything cringe. I'm not even sure what you'd think that word means anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: One line. That's all you would need. And I'd allow it. Yes. Lampshading is good. Also, if it um, was more
0: consistently from Keith's perspective.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Also... Keith asks, is this torture for not calling you hot a second time? It and be. Lance says, possibly. Um
0: This is just kind of a red flag to me.
1: <laughs> I think they're I mean, maybe this is something if they'd been together longer that I would be able to go, like, oh, this is just like their couple banter, but they just got together like a few hours ago.
0: Yeah, and Keith is still healing. He was hurt yes. pretty badly by Lance.
1: Right. But also, I mean, this is part of what's weird about the bit earlier where they almost have sex. They have not had sex yet, Mm -hmm. um, and they could have, but um, it went pretty badly off the rails, and that feels way more significant than if they're already an established couple and we're just fooling around.
0: If their dynamic was, like, more trusting, um, it, like... The, the good meaning behind uh, fighting, like, an old married couple. Like, the idea that they are so comfortable and trusting with one another that they have the ability to make jokes without worrying if it'll hurt each other's feelings.
1: Right, they know where each other's boundaries are. So um, even though they may talk to each other um, or interact in a way that to an outside observer would look vitriolic, like arguing, they both know that they're not going too far. But they just got together, and Lance also very badly hurt Keith last night. Yes. Um. So there is no established trust between these two. Yeah,
0: I don't want to turn into a relationship counselor for a fucking Clance fanfic, but
1: absolutely not. Come on. And I'm also not qualified and don't want to be. Yeah. But I think we can just call this out as like obviously not healthy. Yeah. And if we can point this out, uh, neither of us are experts. Yeah. I think this should be this should be apparent to other people yeah
0: and if the if the like mostly teenagers i'm guessing people in the comments are pointing out like hey this isn't a proper apology yeah. th- that says something too
1: i mean because there's no way for us to know exactly the age of the people commenting but i would guess based on like the general tone of most of these comments and just like <laughs> knowledge about what the user base of wattpad is like uh, and that fanfic communities. uh skew heavily towards teenagers um especially the sort of people who will um
0: it's very clearly leave
1: comments yes yeah, like <laughs> it's
0: clearly teenagers in these comments like this is what teenagers yes, talk yes like. they
1: read very very young uh for the most part i've joked about like uh everyone in these comments is clearly 14 and that's that's probably not wrong in most cases yeah it seems to lean pretty pretty heavily uh like not just teenagers but young teenagers
0: can we finish this fic
1: Yes. Let's finish this fic. So they're listening to Stand By Me and they start, like, slow dancing. Um... I'd
0: rather be reading Stand By Me.
1: It's not called that. (laughs) The movie is Stand By Me. The short story is called The Body. I'd rather
0: be watching Stand By Me. Yeah. Until Castor told me recently, I thought that the stand and Stand By Me were the same thing.
1: (laughs) No, they're very different. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Um... Stand by me, the song said, it apostrophe S words, more than just lyrics to a page. They were genuine. A set of lines that Keith hoped would mean something sentimental for Lance, just as they had for Keith. Okay. What? Keith was calling this cringe, but he chose this song because he hoped it would be meaningful to Lance. I initially assumed... When he's like, oh, you're not making me listen to this. This is cringe. That Lance was putting on one of the songs that he likes that Keith thinks is cringe. But this is one Keith picked. Yeah. Because he thinks it's genuine. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway. So they dance. I was going to say that this, I guess, is an attempt at bookending. Because this is a callback to the scene early in the story where they dance in the kitchen after uh, dinner. Uh, but the narration just explicitly points that out, that it's something that they've done before. Uh, Keith thought back to just a few nights ago, the first night they danced. They'd been in the Sanchez family kitchen, socked feet carrying them over tiled floors. Okay, this is...
0: Not- <laughs> so- the socks on people's feet has been mentioned so many times. It's getting ridiculous.
1: It's really important that I know that they're wearing socks.
0: on their- On their feet, in particular.
1: On their feet. Like...
0: Not only are they wearing socks, but they're wearing them on their feet. The au- they're wearing they, them on their feet. The, the author has told us this many times.
1: Mm-hmm. Neither of the boys had recognized the significance a moment like that held. It was their first dance. Neither had known just how many dances would come. Okay, we're om- om- omniscient be... now? <laughs> yes. Who's talking? There... <laughs> author. There would be slow and fast ones, intimate ones and intense ones. Dances made in the dark of night, dances in the light of day. No matter what type of song, each dance was going to be theirs. Okay, so now it seems like we're just getting into dancing as a sex metaphor, which is weird in the scene where they just didn't have sex. Um, Lance began to hum the chorus, the no the noise and echo of Ben E. King's words. Keith could feel it in his chest, the vibration thumping against his ribcage. Is Keith like resting his head on Lance's chest? No, he just knows
0: because he's a detective.
1: It says he can feel it in his chest.
0: He just knows.
1: No, I really think that Keith is meant to have his head on Lance's chest, which is, again, implying something about the height difference. Like, Keith is significantly shorter for that to be possible.
0: His head is resting on uh, Lance's chest, hence his smaller size.
1: Yes. They move steady, neither one in a hurry to get anywhere. It was just Lance and him, both enveloped in each other's arms and fingers. I don't think you- You can be enveloped, like, you as a whole cannot be enveloped in someone's fingers unless you're very small.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, um, Lance enveloped Abuela. Or (laughs) maybe she enveloped him, I don't know.
1: I think she enveloped him, I don't remember. (laughs) And I'm not checking. This was what made it all worth it. The dance, the movement about the room, the words the song proclaimed. Every painful moment was worth this. Everything Keith had learned in Arizona was a blessing. He didn't regret a thing. I don't buy this. Yeah. Um... This is not a big enough, uh, happy enough payoff for me to think, yeah, everything that happened before was worth it. Keith would probably have had a much better time if he just didn't come on this trip. He could have just, like, hung out on campus. Yeah. He wouldn't have to, like, worry about anyone's homophobic grandmother. He wouldn't have been caught up in someone else's family drama. Lance wouldn't have said those awful things to him on Christmas Eve. He wouldn't have had to, like... (laughs) Well, he didn't have to, but he, he wouldn't have stolen a car and fled to a McDonald's in the middle of the night.
0: We don't know anything about Keith's life presently. Like, I mean, I know it's implied that he had kind of a rocky past, but he's going to college and presumably doing what he wants to do. Like, we never get the impression that, like, he feels like he's uh, just going to college to do it or, or heading towards some dead-end job.
1: Yeah, and also, um, I mean, Keith is 20, so he's presumably, like, a sophomore or a junior in college, um, so presumably he has spent winter break on campus before. If the takeaway at the end is meant to be, like, wow, this was all worth it, uh, this was so much better than the alternative of me not agreeing to this, why isn't there anything about, like, Keith agreeing to this because he doesn't want to stay on campus again Mm -hmm. because maybe maybe that was miserable for him like all his friends were off at home with their families and he's just stuck on campus alone like I think that really could have been leaned into if that's what we're meant to take away from this
0: I think we need to move on to the most disturbing part I think yes Uh, Keith feared that if he blinked, everything would disappear. There would be no Mateo to play with, no Josie to braid his hair. Cleo would be gone, and Keith would never see the girl catch her dreams. Big ones for such a small, strong girl. She's tall. Uh, Rachel and Daniel (laughs) would be gone. Their little Isabella no longer able to tug at Keith's ponytail or blow bubbles. This is a six-month-old. Rosa would yeah. have never hugged Keith in that McDonald's. He would have never learned about family or the importance it carries. Never been able to ask Rosa for a hug or, and actually receive one. And Lance, there would be no Lance to fight with, no Lance to kiss, no Lance to tickle and squeeze and fumble over.
1: Uh, He already knew Lance. Lance was already, like, in his college friend group. Yeah, and, like... They could have gotten together without this happening.
0: (laughs) I like how it mentions there would be no Rachel and Daniel, and then it just, like, brushes past them. Doesn't mention anything about them. Just, like, Isabella wouldn't be able to do um, six-month-old things as a two-year-old.
1: Benji isn't mentioned at all.
0: <laughs> Benji isn't mentioned at all.
1: Nor is Sophia or Danny
0: or Alexi. But
1: oh no, uh, Danny's Danny's mentioned. Yeah, Danny's um,
0: mentioned, but just as like a package deal with Rachel.
1: Yeah, with Rachel. Yeah.
0: Excuse you. Um, it's it's. Uh, oh, it's he's Daniel, Daniel now, now, right?
1: I forgot. It's it's really strange. Um, the opening line where it says Keith feared that if he blinked, everything would disappear. Um, I get what that seems to be going for is that um. Keith is thinking, like, wow, this is all too wonderful to be true, and I worry that I'm dreaming. But then he goes into this idea, like... It's talked about in this very odd way where, like, if he, um... If he blinks, these people will all just vanish out of existence, including Lance, who he knew before all of this. Mm -hmm. It doesn't... It doesn't read, like, um... The metaphor is, like, waking up from a dream. It's... It's like... He... He thinks that these people only exist because he's able to observe them or something. It's, it's very strange, the way it's like phrased. Keith didn't want to blink. He wanted it all to stay in his life forever. Keith didn't want to go back to university. It was there that he had nothing. No Rosa to hold him, no family to call his own. It was then, as Keith spun in Lance's arms, that he made the decision he was never going to let the Sanchez family go. And
0: then there's some and then we, lyrics, and some then lyrics, it just says end. "Stand
1: by me," and then it just says "End." That's where the story um, ends. So the note it ends on is not anything about Keith and Lance's relationship, but rather Keith vowing that he's never going to let go of Lance's family. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where to begin with Lance, that. <laughs>
0: Lance is the means to an end. He doesn't like yeah. value Lance as a person at all. And to be fair, he shouldn't because Lance sucks. Um, in right. the story, but...
1: But especially in contest w- with the rest of the scene, um, he turns Lance down when they're about to have sex. Um, he doesn't want to dance with him, but is, like, talked into it.
0: He doesn't want to watch movies with him. He hates it. He doesn't
1: watch mo- uh, he doesn't want to watch movies with him. He doesn't like watching anime with him. <laughs> um.
0: What does he like about Lance? He didn't even say what he liked about Lance in his letter.
1: In his fucking letter, where he's confessing his feelings. He didn't name a single thing he liked. Even Lance, whose feelings towards Keith have felt much less serious than Keith's feelings for Lance, even Lance was able to list off a bunch of things about Keith that he liked.
0: Yeah, and I guess uh, uh, Keith did mention stuff that made Lance who he is uh, when he was giving him the, Lance, you're bisexual speech. But that all had to do with, like, um, cheering Lance up, not necessarily what Keith Yeah, liked those were all him. mostly,
1: like, Neutral attributes that Lance has, except where it got into the dancing part. Um, So it seems like uh, Keith really likes Lance's family, and he specifically gets off on Lance's dancing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But apart from that, I'm not really sure if he likes this guy.
0: So that's it.
1: Yeah, it says at the bottom, uh, you've finished reading Dirty Laundry, Clance, full republished. And there's two little, like, um, uh, confetti emojis.
0: So... We are not done talking about this. We are probably going to sit on this uh, reading for a little bit, and then we are going to next episode have a wrap-up episode. We're going to look at some more comments. We're going to talk about the fic as a whole. We're going to talk about our rewrite ideas. Um, We're going to look at the reviews, I guess you could call them. Uh, But for now, I think it's time to have a little celebration uh, oh boy yeah. So we are going to uh, take a break and then we are going going to come back and play a game.
1: Oh, yeah, I love games. All right, we'll catch you after the break. <laughs> We're back. We are back. Kester. Yes.
0: You are in my saw trap. Oh no. I was lying about the whole celebration thing. Um, oh. What's What's the thing that Jigsaw would say?
1: Um. Well, he's always like, "Hello, I want to play a game." Um. In front of you is the device <laughs> that will. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> in, in front of you is <laughs> dirty laundry, fendic. Uh, the, the important thing is that the end. He always says, "Live or die, make your choice." They're good movies. Um, really, really smart stuff. <laughs> uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned for our Saw podcast.
0: I've never seen it, but you like it a lot. Um,
1: Saw is very funny. I can okay. talk a lot about Saw.
0: Okay, so maybe we will sometime. But anyway, I'm gonna
1: make you watch Saw. That's my Saw trap.
0: So. In episode 27, we played a drinking game where we counted, uh, where we took a drink every single time uh, the author used the word obvious or obviously, and mm-hmm. I have the numbers right here. In part one, uh, it was used 19 times. In part two, mm-hmm. it was used 19 times uh, for a total of 38. Part uh-huh. three... It was used seven times for a total of 45, and that's where we are right now. We are only at part four. We are starting from part four. Uh, okay. We still have a little more than half of this fic to go through to count the obviously's. But apparently you don't have any alcohol, which is something that you told me when we went, like, when we stopped recording. <laughs> so I guess um, the audience is the one that's in our saw trap.
1: I needed all of my alcohol for when I was reading the story and having yeah. to, like, the, the summary. Yeah. Um, so now all I have is weed. Um,
0: yeah, and we're not wasting that on this.
1: No, no. I don't think I have enough weed to, like, take a hit every time there's an obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally just don't think I have enough.
0: Yeah. All right. So... Also, I would
1: get way too high, and this would turn into, like, a completely different show.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so starting from part four, mm-hmm. uh, she wore a massive bedhead and she was obviously still adjusting to the morning light. Take a drink.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Her voice was soft, obvious that she chose to speak quiet in order to keep the secret. Take a drink. The fields were obviously more dry than the ones in Oregon and most of the farming was done as livestock breeding. Take a drink. Even more embarrassed, Keith blushed under the morning sun. Is it really that obvious? Take a drink.
1: At this so, point, are are you just saying like take a drink to the re to the listeners? Like, um, are we encouraging this to the people at home? Because I think uh, that's very irresponsible of us. But at no, this point, don't you know?
0: Don't actually do that.
1: Don't do this. Drink some. Drink some water.
0: So that's four times already. Mm-hmm. Cleo obviously thought it was a good idea, but was it really? That's five. I'm just gonna start saying that, um, <laughs> just counting instead of actually telling people to do this. Mm-hmm. Um. She was cute in a strange way. The clothes she wore obviously secondhand. That's six. Mm-hmm. She was obviously angry, and that was something Keith wasn't accustomed to. She was also sad. The tears falling as she looked down at her granddaughter for the first time. Uh, so that is seven, and that is uh, the end of part four. That is still way too many.
1: That's less than previous parts, though, right?
0: Um, Part three also had seven times.
1: Because I feel like the pros in the story, like, maybe peaked somewhere around here. Not that it's ever good, but I think this was the most, like, hitting its stride that it got. And it was just, like, sharply downhill from there.
0: I, I think the best the pros ever got was um in the laser tag scene. So I guess part three, but... Yeah. Because remember we pointed out that we liked some of the scenes with the... I mean, we like some of the pros in, I guess, the cleaning scene. I mean, it, it's still terrible, so we're it's, really-
1: It's still bad, but I think that's where it was the most solid. Mm-hmm. As opposed to later, where we start getting all this uh, semicolon abuse and uh, all these metaphors that don't make sense. Just, like, there's a lot more writing crimes that happen in the later chapters, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, it gets a lot sloppier.
0: So we're going on to part five. We are at a total of 52 obviously's in the story. Oh my god. Danny tried, but it was obvious any contact was painful. That's, uh, one. hmm He'd been kicked out of the shower for their family meeting, and it was obvious he wanted more than anything to be back under the warm water. That's two.
1: I have to point out also that some of these are, like, completely unnecessary, obviously. Like, a few of these would be fine if you just left that. It's not like you can't ever use the word obviously, of course. But, uh, that example right there is one where all the surrounding prose does make it obvious and so you don't need to say it
0: yeah i feel like it's also something that makes a lot more sense in dialogue because obvious is a word that like we say a lot like we say it on the podcast Uh you don't it's like it's a word that you say all the time in dialogue um but it's just kind of not very good when you use it in prose
1: right, and if a character uses the word obviously a lot be- that becomes a quirk of their speech mm-hmm. but when it's a quirk of the narration, it's like uh, you're just you're just not a good writer
0: It's like using the word "like like i I use the word "like" a lot, you' yeah, same a lot of people do
1: yeah um uh, that's that's like a filler word when I am talking. I would not do that in prose if I'm writing formally
0: mm-hmm The car ride was awkward, that much was obvious. That's 3 Mm-hmm. They all knew Benji wanted to join in. That much was obvious. That's four?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Y- yeah, she muttered, obviously uncomfortable with talking, though slowly coming out of her shell. hmm That's 5 Mm-hmm. Sophia's brown eyes were wide, like an owl's. It was obvious she was against the idea.
1: <laughs> her brown eyes were wide like an owl's. Man, this pro sucks.
0: Wait a minute.
1: I'm picturing her as like the Duolingo owl now. Wait. Yeah?
0: Wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, never mind. I thought there was more of the fic. I didn't remember this part. Oh, <laughs>
1: that, that, that's really scary. The idea of there <laughs> being more of the story.
0: Yeah, I didn't remember this part. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like oh, <laughs> Oh, there's a part where um, Benji talks to Sophia, because I didn't remember that because it never comes up again and never matters.
1: Oh, yeah. Is that when they're like um, going to the Christmas tree farm? Yes. Yeah. That's the only time we see them interact, I think. Like in the whole story.
0: Rosa raised an eyebrow at Danny, asking for an explanation. Obviously, she needed one. Not only five hours ago, the two siblings refused to speak to each other. That's seven. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's another seven. So it looks like uh, seven is this author's lucky number.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Was that three sevens in a row? Yeah. Wow.
0: Wow. Wow. All right. So we are up to 59 obvious or obviously's. Mm
1: -hmm. We are on to
0: part six. Hey, Keith muttered, noticing that Cleo wasn't alone. Sophia sat next to her on the bed. The two girls obviously related when you sat them side by side. <laughs> One?
1: His detective prowess coming through again.
0: Lance, obviously. A wicked smile plastered Cleo's cheeks. I was thinking mistletoe pranks, Two. Mm-hmm. Keith muttered, noticing th- Oh, and that's it.
1: Oh, only two that time, wow.
0: Oh no, sorry, I didn't- (laughs) I didn't load the full thing. Oh, (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) yeah, Wattpad doesn't load them.
0: I was like, wow.
1: I was gonna be really impressed.
0: The way she spoke was magnificent. It was obvious how far Sophia had come. It's three.
1: Magnificent?
0: Keith wasn't sure what to say when Sophia finished. It was obvious she was done from the silence that filled the front seat.
1: Yeah, and also because you just said she was finished.
0: yeah. Instead, he swallowed, the movement obvious with sweat rolling down his throat. That's five.
1: Down his throat. Like he's, he's drinking it.
0: This is three paragraphs later and the paragraphs are very short. So Mm -hmm. Lance, Lance chuckled, the obvious apprehension he'd worn just seconds earlier now gone. You said that like you're uncertain. Mm -hmm. Is that six? Yep. Well, obviously, Lance began, color still gone from his face. That's a normal question to ask when someone says they like you. That's seven. Mm -hmm. Literally the next paragraph... He was embarrassed and didn't know how to react. That much was obvious. Fine. He paused. A while. Eight?
1: This is happening a lot around this confession.
0: Oh? Keith looked up from his plate. It obvious his head was in other places. Sorry, it what obvious. was the question? 9 Mm-hmm. She smiled. It was sweet. If you considered a tightly pulled, obviously forced smile on a 70-year-old woman to be sweet, that's ten. If 10? I considered... Keith knew that Rosa didn't like her mother-in-law, and it was obvious even now that she didn't approve of Abuela's prying questions. That's 11? hmm Danny looked beyond uncomfortable, and Rachel obviously wasn't sure what to think. Sophia just looked in pain. It's 12?
2: hmm
0: His voice boomed across the dining room and into the kitchen like an echo. You obviously didn't want to before. That's 13?
2: hmm
0: Two paragraphs later? Okay, yes, but it's obvious he's still struggling. What is so bad about me being bisexual? That's 14? hmm Daniel just didn't know when to stop, and obviously, neither did his family. That's 15? Or my child's friend, Rosa finally stated, describing the obvious. So you will leave. That's 16?
2: hmm
0: Well, obviously, Sophia groaned, rubbing at her temples. She stood up from the bed to pace the room, all before turning back to her brother. You like him back, though, right? That's 17? hmm And that is it for this chapter.
1: Seventeen! Wow,
0: seventeen times in uh part six.
1: And part seven's just the letter.
0: Yeah, so let's hold on.
1: In fairness, part six is long, but that's still no excuse for obviously appearing that many times.
0: It's long, but in the dinner scene alone, I think it—I mentioned it was u- used eight times alone, um, just in that scene. The dinner scene like is that,
1: terribly obviously. written.
0: Yeah, it looks like uh there is um no obvious in the letter which is um
1: i mean the letter's quite short we read the whole thing on the show
0: yeah um but it's also the the part like where i would forgive the use of the word obviously because it's like keith writing in his own right. words right so
1: because uh, one thing i was gonna say like you know once we get our final obviously count it might be interesting too in the spirit spirit of fairness like eliminate the examples that are dialogue Mm -hmm. and see how many times it's used in narration alone i don't know if that's something we want to do on the show or something i'll just count out afterwards and i'll like make a post on our uh tumblr or something but um if we want to be like really fair
0: yeah i think we can do it um we have time because we're almost done here but we are on part eight Mm -hmm. final part uh, despite Pidge's obvious annoyance and their rather tired responses, the kid knew when Lance meant something. 1. It was obvious Benji had been planning this because he was the first to speak. 2. And... Oh, no, I have to load the whole thing. Yep. I was, I was gonna be like, wow. <laughs> it was Lance, though that much was obvious. 3. First of all, Lance began, obviously hesitant. I'm sorry, and I want you to know that I'm a dick. That's 4 two paragraphs later, a scowl darkened Lance's chin. Obviously. I'm just pointed, pointing out that I acknowledge it. It's five. Mm-hmm. Lance was sorry. That much was obvious. <laughs> Six. Lance needed no more prodding. It was obvious what Keith wanted. Seven. Mm-hmm. And that's another seven.
1: Wow. So what is our final count? How many obviouses appear in the story?
0: 83.
1: 83.
0: Part one has 19. Part two has 19, part 3 has 7, part 4 has 7, part 5 has 7, part 6 has 17, part 7 has 0, and part 8 has 7.
1: The thing about the English language is that there are a lot of words in it. (laughs) Um, I believe the
0: English language has more words to describe things than any other language. It has more synonyms than any other language.
1: And um, I know that this fic... Uh, is, like, over 80,000 words long overall, so this may seem like a drop in the bucket, but there are a lot of other words that could, at least in context, mean the same thing. And there are also many usages of the word obviously here that are completely unnecessary. You could just remove the word. It doesn't need to be there.
0: I I mentioned this before. You could take a blackout marker and just cross out so many words in this fic and it would read so much better. It would still be bad, Right. like, that's all you'd have to do um, to improve the quality of this fix significantly.
1: It may seem like a bit petty or nitpicky of us to go after something like this, like the author's use of the word, obviously. Because we do know, like, most fanfiction is not proofread, or at least not very extensively proofread. Sometimes people get a beta reader or whatever. um, But this is something that you should catch when you're looking over your own work like this really jumps out this jumped out to us pretty much immediately when we started reading this story is how often the author uses the word obviously and it's
0: it's a sign of a much bigger problem because if it was just this like you could say hey that's just nitpicking everyone has their own little like weaknesses with their writing Um, That doesn't necessarily speak to the skill of the author in full, but it's just like an example of how poor the prose is.
1: Right. This is the sort of thing you catch during an editing pass, because I think it's pretty common for authors to habitually use certain words. And you notice that when you go back and reread your own work. This looks to me like the author didn't reread her own story, because, you know, if I'm writing and I do something like this, if I catch myself using the same word repeatedly, I change it. Um, you
0: can literally just do a word search.
1: Yeah, but it's it's something like we didn't need to do a word search to identify the fact that obviously is used a billion fucking times in this story. It it was well obvious. This is something you would catch if you read it back to yourself. Um and this fanfic has had a ton of eyes on it and I don't know, are we the first people to point this out? We haven't seen anyone talking about this in relation to the fic, like, the author overuses words. Um, and it's not just the word, obviously, there are phrases that the author overuses. We've pointed out some of those, like, the only two, giving three examples, but, uh, two or three of them are just the same example. Um, there's other aspects of this writing that are repeated over and over. Like, also beginning paragraphs with, like, okay, let's get one thing straight. Keith, blah 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 blah. Um rhetorical questions and the narration like that are not there's justified. a bunch there's a bunch of very distinctive things about this prose some of them are just borrowed from secret life of bees and some of them I, I think the author's just doing without being aware of it at all but it goes to show like the caliber of this writing and also the fact that this was not um this was not edited i think the only editing that was done to this was to remove the parts that people complained about being like, too offensive. Like, the LeChuncle thing. hmm There was no care given to the actual prose. Like, monkey at a typewriter just banging away over there. I think when we talk about the story, we talk about the issues with uh, the plot and the portrayal of the characters a lot. Um, but we also have to take some time to just focus on the mechanical writing level of it, which is abysmal. And... Something like this is truly, truly egregious. Like, it may not seem like as big a deal as it is when we uh, break it down into the numbers, but this is really noticeable when you it, read the story. It's
0: insufferable when you're reading it, especially out loud.
1: It's made me self-conscious about not only writing the word, obviously, but saying it. Every time I do now, I think of like, ah, oh, I'm like the author of Dirty Laundry. Yeah! It's a normal fucking word. It's fine to use it if you don't do this. This is like, um, you know, that bad writing advice that gets passed around a lot about how you shouldn't um, use said as a dialogue tag and you should mm-hmm. instead vary your words. And that's what leads to prose like in My Immortal. Um,
0: bad advice, to be clear. It's, ba-
1: it's bad advice. Um, but you can do that with said. Um, you can use said as a dialogue tag because said is an incredibly neutral word. It doesn't say anything about the manner in which that was said, just that someone said it. Uh It's like and or the. It's not a word that draws your attention when it's used repeatedly. Whereas obviously is. There is no reason to be using that word constantly unless it's in dialogue. The thing about obvious things is that you don't generally have to point them out. I think it's another example of how little faith this author has in her readers, too. She thinks when something is obvious, she still has to explain it. Mm -hmm. Like, I really think that's what this habit comes from, is just the need on her part to explain absolutely everything that's happening in the story to the readers so that they get exactly what she was trying to convey. Um, and this is very, like, newbie writer. Like, I get it that you're not um, confident enough in your skill to trust that your audience will be able to p- pick up when what you're putting down, but this fic gets held up as, like, aspirational. Other fanfic writers want to write stuff like this. People praise the prose in this story. Yeah, I don't think it's the end of the world that a fanfic is badly written. Mm-hmm. Most of them are. They're mostly written by amateurs. A great deal of them are written by teenagers who just don't have a lot of experience. And that's, that's fine. That's fine. That's completely fine. I don't have a problem with that. When it starts getting held up as an example that other writers should aspire to, is when I have to like take issue with that. Mm-hmm. This is this is not good writing this is very very amateurish stuff and that's fine this is an amateur but this shouldn't be held up as an example
0: i have the data for um how many times they were used in dialogue unfortunately upon further examination it still doesn't look too good um Uh, one two eleven we get minus eleven so um even if we say that the times when the word obvious or obviously is used in dialogue, which is like acceptable. Um,
1: yeah, I'll be nice and say we can give those a pass.
0: Uh, it's it's still going to be 72. That does That's still a,
1: way too many,
0: yeah. Uh, way
1: too many. It's,
0: it's gonna be minus 11, but uh, that leaves us at 72 instead of 83, which is still way too many. Um Breaking it down uh, two times in dialogue in part one, two times in, in dialogue in part two, uh, none in part three, one in part four, none in part five, five in part six, and one in part eight. So even like what what this tells me is that the majority of obviously's and obviouses were used in prose, not dialogue, which is um, it should be the opposite. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, Absolutely. I think the only way you could get away with using obvious this many times if it was in dialogue, and even even then it would be strange if every character talked like that. Yeah. It could be maybe something a particular character did.
0: Yeah. Or maybe siblings, because they, like, pick things up from one another.
1: Yeah, I mean, this could be someone's dialogue quirk, but instead it's, like, the author's dialogue quirk. Yeah. Because the narrative voice, um, whenever we're not definitively from... Keith's or Lance's perspective or Cleo that one time, it's just the author talking to us, which is why this this fic has this like obnoxious conversational tone sometimes. And this is again we've talked about this. It's trying to copy the narrative style from the Secret Life of Bees, but that was first person.
0: Yeah. Um. In order to do that, you need to uh establish your narrator as a character who has yes. a certain like relationship with the reader. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, uh, Charles Dickens does that in- they do it in The Secret Life of Bees. Um, it's- it's not justified here. Yes. So, that is all I have to say. Uh, we're going to wrap things up next week. And, uh, (laughs) we have a lot to cover in our wrap-up episode. But for now, uh, do you have anything else to say?
1: I mean, I have so much- Else left to say that we're going to have to do a wrap-up episode. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's why we're gonna have to do a wrap-up episode. I i want nothing more than to end it here, but we just can't.
1: Yeah, we we have to um
0: like we've been calling each other at random times, like, okay, I just thought of something else about journey laundry that I hate. <laughs> and I'm not exaggerating. It'll be like No,
1: this is this is literally um something this we've been, been doing th- for months now. This
0: has been our lives for the past few months.
1: I I feel like haunted by the story essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, a f- couple weeks ago, I was uh, I decided to go out on a little weekend excursion because in my uh, neck of the woods, there was a little um, uh, challenge where you go to all the libraries in the local library system. There are 36, and so I was going to all 36 libraries, and as I was uh, finishing up the last leg of uh, my library expedition and uh, going to all the libraries in the surrounding area, I go to a library and I'm walking around and I'm looking around and I see they have like a little community board. And what do I see there? But uh, some Clance fan art someone had drawn and I just feel like I'll never be able to escape this story.
0: Yeah, it's following you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, This is truly a a terrible thing to happen to Mm -hmm. us, but I don't feel we had a choice here. Like this was sort of faded. Mm hmm we're, you know, the the hapless protagonists who fell into this situation by uh, some stroke of bad luck and we're we're here now and we just have to make the best of that.
0: There are better days coming, but we have to get through this first.
1: Yes. Well, <laughs> all right. We'll try to stay strong until then.
0: So, that is going to be all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out on Tumblr at literary demerit. We upload new episodes on Fridays. You can find us on Patreon or wherever you download podcasts. Thanks so much to the Birthday Massacre and Metropolis Records for the use of their song Counterpain. You can find them on Bandcamp, Spotify, and Apple Music. And remember
1: We don't own anything.
0: All credit to the original owners!
1: Yeah, on. I'm saying it anyway. I I don't care. I'm done with this fucking story. I'm I'm going to channel the Beta energy if I want to. Fucking yeah, on. alright?